1140, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for financing as low as 0%. Cash discounts and more on remaining 2023 Sierra Half Tons plus cash discounts on remaining GMC and Buick SUVs. Wolf GMC Buick.com. Rhinestone Cowboy. And if you lived in Edmonton in the late 70s, you would know Nestor Pister's version of the song, which was Wine Stoned Plowboy. And that, it went like top 20 in Canada. Don Ast was uh, Nestor Pister. He was nominated for Junos. And pretty interesting character, too. A little history for you today. All right. The text line is full of pro and anti Evan Bouchard today. All the years we wished we had an offensive defenseman like Bush, they were making the same mistakes Bush makes. The only difference is we didn't watch them play every game. He's a special player, warts included, Matt. Matt, you've hit on what I rail against all the time, and I, I explain it like this. Single events in a game can have enormous importance while also being single events in a game. What I mean is, if you look from 10,000 feet, and that's why we talk about Corsi and Fenwick and shot share and even goal share over a long period of time, then you get a better view of a player. So let's do that. Let's go look at our friend Evan Bouchard over a long period of time. Say, since November the 24th, that's 38 games. So since November the 24th, he has a 62% goal share. 62 that's an enormous goal share. I'm sorry, but it is. It's it's just, it's it's phenomenal. And I know he's playing with Connor McDavid, but lots of people have played with Connor McDavid over the years. And that goal share is amazing, lined up against all of them. In the National Hockey League right now, since November 24th, if you take all of the defensemen who played 400 or more minutes at 5-on-5, Evan Bouchard has the top goal share at 62.3. Matthias Heckholm, second, 61.3. That is Brett Kulak at 59.57. That's in the last 38 games. Gavrikov from L.A. is the first non-oiler. So when you're talking about Evan Bouchard and you're hammering away at single events, what's happening, and it happens to me, I'm not blaming you and I'm not accusing you of anything. But our, our, our brains are sometimes not our friends because they bring in self-doubt and doubt about other things that isn't real. And Evan Bouchard's defensive inadequacies are there, but they are not really costing the Oilers what you think they are. That is a fact, a genuine fact. Because how can you be a dastardly dude at goal share and at five on five suppression, when you're scoring, when you're on the ice, the team is scoring 62% of the time. I mean, that's amazing. It truly is. And, and five on five, the reason we look at five on five is because it's such a big part of the game. You know, Darnell Nurse is 76th in goal share among defensemen, five on five since November 24th, 50.6. 76 is like second pairing. And he's like the fourth or fifth guy mentioned among the orders. They're killing it on five on five. So when Bouchard makes a mistake like he did, that's what it is. It's a mistake. But the large part of it, the large volume of it, let's say 
let's say Declan, Donovan, and I all move in together into an apartment. Donovan, is that a dream come true or what? You know, I think that is a dream come true. That'd be that'd be a dangerous trio to have live in one apartment. Declan, how do you feel? Only if it's a one bed. Then I'm happy. <laughs> Other than that, um, take I will, it or leave it. I will accept bunk beds. But no for com- Donovan to have both bunk beds and we'll share the twin? Or Stop it. Oh, my fault. Okay. <laughs> the neighbors would hate us, though. Well, the neighbors will hate us no matter what. If I'm there, neighbors will hate us uh, because I'll be listening to my Nana Muscuri records. So, uh, but let's say you, all three of us move in together. Right. Where's this analogy going? I'm going to just lift with <laughs> No, I know. Sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to speed you up. I was <laughs> just trying to accommodate. It, it's, got a, it's, it's like a slow roller. So... Uh, we decide that Declan is going to cook, and Declan cooks every night for 365 days. Every night. And 360 of those days are drop-dead gorgeous food. It looks good. It tastes good. There's more than enough. It doesn't cost a lot to make, and he does it without complaint. And then Donovan does the dishes. Everybody's happy with the meal program at the apartment, except for five days, six days. What did I say? Five days. You said five. Okay. Five days. Five days for whatever reason. Maybe you're trying to work sauerkraut into our diet and we don't like it and we we rain down blows upon you. This is my question. Sure. To stick with the analogy. Sure. What if those five days are Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner? Yes. And your birthday. Right. And Father's Day, right? Well, then you're then just mean. It beca- <laughs> well, there's that, but then it becomes a little amplified. Sure. Like, I can make a great meal for you on March 14th. It's a little different if I mess up the meal in, on Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? And I that's understand. my worry. But, but what I'm saying is you control what you can control. And Evan Bouchard's defense mm-hmm. is not perfect, but, but you, it's like an iceberg. You can look at the defense yeah. that's sticking out of the water. But let's look at what's really happening. And when Evan Bouchard's on the ice, they're scoring at this astounding level at five on five. And his real strength is the power play. But 62.3% of the pucks that go in the net are happening for Edmonton. That means that 37.57 are going against. That's a, that's a I, hell of a deal. I like Evan Bouchard. I'm happy he's an Edmonton Oiler. I think he's a good defenseman. My worry is, and I think it's a natural worry, I don't think it's out of left field, that these mistakes are going to come in the crucial moments and cost them goals and therefore games. I don't think that's a crazy worry. That's what I wonder, and that's why I think there needs to be some degree of resolution moving forward. So what is your resolution, sir? Well, listen, I'm not a defensive coach, right? Like, I'm not... I can't tell him what you know exact position he needs to be in and what exact thing he needs to do with his skates and with his stick and things like that. But I think there definitely needs to be a film deep dive between him and Coffee. I think there definitely needs to... Well, you know he's better than he was at the beginning of the yes, year. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not trying to rag on Evan Bouchard because I think he's a great defenseman. Oh, I like him. I think he's going to get a lot of money on his we, contract, I said too. very nice about your food. I was, like, very complimentary. It was great. And it was a perfect yeah. analogy. I love it. But I think it's natural to wonder those things perfect and analogy. worry about those things. I don't know about perfect. I work on them not being perfect, uh, Declan. What do you want to say, Donovan? Can I be honest? No. How we, you've much, not done it before. Why would you do it now? How much of Evan Bouchard's goal share and all this is because of who he's on the ice with? That's that's the Fair. real question to me. Fair, but he's out there I alone. can tell you it's higher than when Nurse and Cece are playing with McDavid. So you're optimizing the roster. True, true, and I think he compliments when he's out there with McDavid, especially offensively, he compliments them them really well. 
But the the thing with Evan Bouchard that, that I worry about personally is when he does have those those errors, they are truly egregious glaring. and but glaring. That, but that it's still one goal. I, I know it is, but what happens if like what happens saying, if that one goal is the game-winning goal in Game Seven of the well, second but, but round? That's, exactly. Th- this is the this is the argument you make. You have. You, I get. Yeah, because the you, counterpoint is, what if he scores the game-winning well, goal sure. in Game? But also, yeah. you 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 you've got you've got your guys. You've got your guys that you have on your roster. You have to play out the hand that's dealt you. I mean, that's a that if it if it would became rife, then maybe you would want um, maybe you'd want him to be traded for something else. But right now, he's your guy. And they're playing very well. Uh, and and like Bouchard is young. Bouchard is uh, has some chaos to his game. And traditionally, Oilers fans prefer, except Darnell Lurse is the exception. I don't know why. I actually do know why. Edmonton Oilers fans they prefer the rugged guys. They like the rugged player. So it fits with this town, right? It's a, this is a this is a working man's town, and you know Jason Smith was a working man's guy. Kevin Lowe, those guys, and so Bouchard isn't that. Bouchard is like Paul Coffey or Justin Schultz, and and those those men. You know, Coffey was, I mean, among the most incredible players I've ever seen. But when he was sent away, people were like, "Good," you know, or not all of them, but some were. And I never felt it was good. I loved watching him skate. Evan Bouchard gives this team. Uh, a wrinkle they don't have without him. And I can live with the mistakes when he's getting that kind of goal share at five on five. I can live with it. And like they won last night. Cody Cece made a, a grievous error. Two things that he did wrong on the goal against that he was on the ice for. And we're talking about Evan Bouchard. It's true. You bring up a good point. And we've got a lot of texts in, in here saying the good always the bad. I do agree with that. I think we, yeah, we haven't talked enough about Cece's defensive errors, especially on that first goal. Um, but I just think it's a point that's worth bringing up. Because I think we see such a high output offensively and mm-hmm. something we haven't seen from an Oilers D-man in quite some time, and we're all kind of taken back by it. We're all a little amazed by it. But at the same time, there are these egregious errors that need to be fixed. Do you and agree think, that sometimes you have to live with mistakes? Yes. And do you also agree that even Nick Lidstrom, from time to time, would miscalculate on a play? Yes. So when we're talking about Evan Bouchard... I think what we're asking is, what at what level is it? Does it become something that is enough of a concern to to roll him back a little bit? Are we there? No, but I think when like there's a difference between a small mistake here and there and an egregious error that leads to a goal. That seems to happen. I'm not going to say more often than not, but it seems to happen with some semi regularity. Well, he's when he's on the ice at five on five. The Oilers have a 56% goal yes. share. When he's not on the ice, everybody else on the ice, they have a 51.5. So they're scoring more with Bouchard on the ice no, I, than with off. I get all that. And this is turned. This segment has turned a little bit into Declan hates Evan Bouchard, and that's well, not I the think case. That's, you know, the I way think we he's a good it. defenseman, but when you are, like I've said it before, I'll say it again, when you are a team with the mindset of competing for a Stanley Cup, these little intricacies matter. Sure. You have to nitpick about these things and... But this isn't CC, just a pass that gets missed. CC makes mistakes, and he doesn't have the offense. Yes. And yet we're talking about Bouchard. When Bouchard is on the ice with McDavid, 57% goal share. When Bouchard is on the ice 
Without McDavid, 53% goal share. He's just good. He just is. These are not. These are in major minutes, 400 minutes, 600 minutes. That's a lot of, that's a big sample. You wanted to say something. What would you pay Evan Bouchard on his next deal? Well, it, the, the market will decide that, but it's probably going to be $10 million. To me, I wouldn't do it. I well, just, You wouldn't do it? You would trade him? Well, I, I would be more... I would feel more comfortable trading him because realistically, like right now, as it's constructed, the Oilers, if you were to bring in a Chris Tanev, you could reduce Evan Bouchard's minutes against tougher competition, which is what I feel like would be a good option because I like, it's just moments like that last night where he just makes a really confusing play. And you just think to yourself, Hmm, wouldn't you just be better with a little less, but that's your mind telling you a lie. The numbers say Bouchard with McDavid scores at such a level that you're better off doing that. I mean, if you want to score less, and give up about as many goals. Like what? Let's look at what we can do. This. This is actually a good idea. Let's look at rates, okay? And then we'll take a break because we've got a guest, and he's my friend Daniel. Great um, guest. Oh, fantastic guest. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Bouchard McDavid three point two one goals against per sixty. McDavid without Bouchard two point seven one. So it's point five of a goal. That difference when McDavid is on the ice without Bouchard, it's better by 0.5 of a goal. And by the way, when they're both off the ice, they have 2.11, which means that nobody's scoring, but they're under 50% in goal share. So what you're saying is you'd rather have a more defensive pairing for McDavid without Bouchard. Well, okay. What what I'm saying is like when when I watch Evan Bouchard and I compare him to a truly what I consider to be elite defenseman, I would just I don't think he stacks up like a Victor Hedman who gets paid in kind of that range. Like, I, not necessarily. Yeah, but this you year. understand he started his contract a long time ago when the rates were. Yeah, 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 they yeah. Were. Well, if right. you're if you're to sign Victor Hedman now compared to Evan Bouchard, I just don't think he stacks up in the same category to me. If you trade him, you better get a lot of value. I think I think the organization is going to have to decide between Darnell Nurse and Evan Bouchard, and I wonder. I wonder if they're going to make the wise decision, but I agree, Donovan Cobb. We're now joined by our friend, Daniel Nugent-Bowman from The Athletic. How are you, sir? I'm well, Alan. How are you doing today? I am very well. We're having your, you are dropping yourself into an Evan Bouchard conversation. So he's at 56 games right now, 56 points, and he's a year away, I believe, from his next contract. What will be his AAV, in your opinion, in his next deal, um, depends. Honestly, it depends on term. Right. Um, but I would like, you know, I spent some time with him in the, in the summer, and I strongly believe like he wants to be here. You know, he did not want to entertain um, uh, offer sheets at all, and he feels like there's a really good chance to win here. And obviously, he's a big part of that. So. I would suspect, and this is purely a guess, just based on that, that he would want to find long-term, uh, whether or not there's something available for him. You know, it's kind of hard to tell. And, of course, we, we do believe that there will be a shift um, in the uh, in the management of this team. Um, but we do know that one guy who uh, is 
you know, at the very top of that is um, not his agent, but somebody who worked in the same agency and certainly uh, knew the player and, and, and the file very well. And that's Jeff Jackson. So um, I, I think he will sign long-term if, if there's the fits there. Um, and I think you're kind of looking around that 8 million mark, right? Like eight, eight um, times eight. Yeah. Like in that, in that ballpark, right? Like, you, you know, you gotta go, um, he's a little, he's around the same age as, uh, Kale McCarr. He, he, I, I'm kind of blanking on that. Um, and the, the contracts, you know, he'll be signing a little bit closer to free agency, uh, unrestricted free agency, I should say. Um, clearly, Kale McCarr is, is the best defenseman or, you know, the top three in the world. I don't think Evan Bouchard's quite at that level. Um, and, and Bouch- uh, I think uh, McCarr is just under, or just over nine. So I think you're kind of looking at eight in, the, in that eight million range, right? Like this is an elite offensive defenseman, um, somebody who's driving play. I mean, there are those gaps defensively. We saw one last night. Um, but I think his defensive game overall has gotten better. And uh, certainly there's a lot more room for that player to grow. Like this is somebody who should be, I don't know if he'll ever win a Norris trophy. It's a tough trophy to win, but he should start being in the conversation. And, um, and, and those types of players get their money. And, and that's kind of, I think, where you're kind of looking at with, with Evan Bouchard coming up here. Do you think, I've always maintained that once he signs long-term, if he does sign long-term here, that the Darnell Nurse contract, Having those two players at that level, uh, because you know Nurse's AAV is also very high, nine two five, and there's, I, he has no movement until I think June of twenty twenty seven, if I recall correctly. Uh, so, I know the cap is going up. I know that, but it, do you think at some point in time it might be an either or between Bouchard and Nurse? It's hard to say. Um, you know, toward the end of that deal, you, t- you know, the way that the Oilers are kind of trending, you know, they're, they're getting older. The, um, the cupboard's pretty bare in terms of prospects. They talk, we're talking, obviously, about the team trading. If we're not talking about today, we have talked about a lot, uh, the, the prospects of the team trading the first-round pick again. Um, and they've essentially done that for two straight years in, in the sense that they traded uh, Reed Schaefer as part of last year's trade. Uh, to get at home. Um, so will Nurse just kind of, by the end of that deal, when there's, you know, the cap, as you're saying, is going up and the team maybe is not as strong and, and he might want to go push for a Stanley Cup or something like that. Uh, you know, I could see, you know, Nurse being on the, the outs, you know, years from now. Um, so will it have to happen? I'm not sure. But just in terms of the circumstantial stuff, I think there's a, a decent chance that it, that it could happen because of the way that things are kind of trending here. Daniel, you wrote a great article uh, for The Athletic on Connor McDavid and the assist and the fact that he's, he's not scoring, but he's helping them even more. It's like two assists every night. Uh, this is, I mean, I'd say it's getting ridiculous, but it's way past that. You know, every time he does something that I go, okay, well, that's the outer marker, he seems to extend that. Uh, and last night we were talking about him having a really great option to shoot and he passes the Hyman for a, a, a very nice goal he does seem to like reinvent himself a little bit and I I just I wonder you know how high can he fly like how many assists could he get this year yeah well I mean he's on track for 104 uh nobody's hit 100 since since Gretzky in 91 and why not why can't he do that I mean like go back a few games ago when he had six against the Red Wings 
you know, obviously that's that's more of an outlier, but he that's the type of game that he has. That's the type he can, he can he can do that, you know. He you know, and and last little while, I mean, he has assists in eight straight games. Over the last ten games, he's got you know twenty three assists. Um, that's some stuff as I put in the piece that like few guys can only dream about, let alone do. Um, yeah, you talk about reinventing himself. Like he just finds, um, you know, if, the, if he's not producing from a goal scoring perspective, can find ways to do it in, uh, in another part of his game. Um, and it's really benefited his teammates, right? I mean, Zach Hyman's up to 38 goals and he's played three quarters of his minutes uh, with Connor McDavid. So let's put two and two together. How, how's that working? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, Zach Hyman has a career year. Well, McDavid's having a career year from an assist perspective, right? So um, it's funny. Like, uh, you know, I did a feature on him heading into the playoffs last year about why and how he became such a good goal scorer. And that was something he really set his mind out to do in the last offseason. Like, he shot lots of pucks. He studied videos of Austin Matthews and how he released the puck. He wanted to be a better scorer. He wanted to be a better scorer from range. Um and this year, you know, he, he's obviously gone about it another way. I don't think it's been a conscious decision by any means, but he's made his teammates better. You know, he's shooting the puck less. He's he's not scoring as much again from distance. Um, but, you know, he won't score as many points as he did last year. I think that's safe to say at this point. But is he having a better year? Yeah, probably not, but I think it's pretty close. Like, yeah. you know... He's still the best player in the league. You look at all the underlying numbers and all the advanced statistics. Um, you know, Austin Matthews uh, might score 70 goals this year, might score more than 70 goals. I'd still take Connor McDavid over him any day on my team. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from The Athletic. Well, I just played a strong game last night, I thought. A couple of mistakes, mm-hmm. but but they, they played well, and the game was in the balance, and they didn't panic, and they didn't push, and they were responsible for I'll say 60 minutes. The question is, can they do it consistently? So I put that question to you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, with this team? <laughs> it's hard to know, right? I mean, yeah, what's so remarkable is before, well, during the, you know, the last, I think everyone knows this, but the last 14 games of that winning streak, you know, they'll have two, two goals or fewer in, in, in each of those games. And, and the first 10 coming out of the break, uh, where there were four, five, and one, it was it was three or more. And, and you know, granted, the first one out was an empty netter in Vegas that that was the third goal. But I mean, still, um, the defensive kind of um, inconsistencies, starting with with Stuart Skinner and that, and 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 going outward, uh, they've been uh, many. So um, yeah, I I do believe in this team. I do believe in this defensive group. Uh, they have had hiccups, and and I and I think ideally you'd like to get another piece on that blue line. Um, but but I do think they have what it takes to do this a lot more cons- consistently. Uh, we've seen it, right? They've seen it during the winning streak, how well they played uh, defensively and up front as a team too, um, getting a lot more secondary and, and uh, uh, contributions in those further down the lineup as well than they have been um, more recently. So, um, yeah, I, I, again, I don't think this team's a finished product. They've got uh, a week and a half to go before the, the deadline, and I do expect – at least one, if not two, moves to be made, and and I and I think this team will only be stronger, and and that should set them um, set them up for for some success down the stretch. Now, the one thing um, <laughs> is this league's it's a tough league, right? And they're going to play either the Kings or the Golden Knights in the first round, and they they have trouble with both of those teams. I know they've beaten the Kings the last two years of the playoffs, uh, going seven and six games respectively. 
Um, those are tough series, and, and, and Vegas, you know, certainly has had their number um, in, both in the playoffs and uh, obviously out of the, uh, you know, to break their winning streak and things of that nature. So, you know, they could do, have a great year, have great success down the stretch, you know, get home ice even in the first round and still lose. And, and obviously that would be a huge, huge disappointment to this team, but it just kind of speaks to um, where this league is at right now, both in terms of parity, but, but some pretty high caliber teams that are going to be knocked out of the first round, whether it's the Oilers or the Golden Knights or the Kings. We're coming up against it. Do you have a bat signal for Oilers trades this time of year? Like no matter where you are, you're having a shower and then all of a sudden there's a roar, you know, like a siren or some kind of noise for you? I wish. It sounds kind of like one of those goal horns that they did those beer <laughs> commercials or something from a couple of years ago. Uh, I wish I did. If you have one for me, I'd, I'd certainly take it. Uh, but but no, um, uh, I even have a sleeping cat here beside me, so he's of no use either. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah you, you, you'll, you'll figure. You're, you're smarter than I am, um, Al, so I, I know you'll think of something and, yeah, and you'll give it to me. I'm, I'm older than you. That's not smarter, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of the cat and what color? His name is Dylan. Uh, he's got uh, he's white, black, a little bit a little bit of brown too. Uh, he's the most tolerant cat in the world because we have two young kids that like to jump on him, and he just sits there and takes it till they're they're finished. He 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 uh, he's a great cat, so we're, we're happy to have him. Yeah, cats are beautiful. There's no doubt. Uh, any rumblings? Anything you're hearing? Anything that that people have talked about in terms of what uh, like where we're headed here? I mean, I, I I'm. I'm actually impressed with, with Chris Knobloch. He's finding roles for Derek Ryan, very important one on the penalty mm-hmm. kill. Uh, it seems like he, the, the players that he has, uh, you know, he's stubborn on Connor Brown, but Brown made a great play last night on the Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal. People want Gagne to play, and he's, he's hanging with his 12. Um, anything that you're hearing or that you're hearing that they need or are really prioritizing or changes in direction? Well, I mean, not in terms of this, this specific lineup, but I think the needs um, are pretty clear on this team. Like, they could use another uh, top nine, and I think even ideally top six guy. And the guy I pegged uh, in terms of my writing and, and guy I focused on is Jake Gensel. I think he'd be a great add for this team. Now, there's one um, kind of dilemma or issue there is, you know, he's obviously UFA. Ken Holland likes guys with term. I find it really hard to, we've already talked about Evan Bouchard and the contract he's going to command soon. There's, there's Drysaddle, there's, there's McDavid. I have a hard time believing that they're going to be able to offer Jake Gensel anything uh, close to what it would take to, to make him want to stay. You know, obviously he's, he is, an, he, I don't want to speak for him or, or, you know, put any prejudice out there, but I mean, he is American too. And it's hard to keep, you know, Americans in, in, in Edmonton um, as well, generally speaking. So um, he would be more of a rental. That's a tough one to do. Um, you know, and then on defense, I, I think the one spot where you could really upgrade, um, again, we talked about Cody CC, and I, I think he's been very, you know, respectful, good player for this team, considering the circumstances he came in um, under a few years ago, coming in for Adam Larson. Um, that was a tough role to fill. And the first year, especially, he did very well in that role. Um, I think there's a, a, a spot to upgrade there. Uh, the guy that I would look to is Chris Danev. Um, I, I think he fit this team perfectly. be a really good pa- partner for Darnell Nurse. Again, you know, there's a lot of complications there. Calgary, we know they don't trade very often. They're hated rivals. Uh, he also is a UFA. I think there'd be a little bit, uh, given his age, I don't think the price tag would be as, as high. I think there's uh, the opportunity to... Um, to offer him a contract that would make him think long and hard about staying here for another couple of years. 
Um, so yeah, those are the two spots. I mean, you, I think you got to look at the goaltending market a little bit, but I, I'd be more inclined to stay in Pat than anything else. And, at that, and then at that point, you're looking at kind of your number four, probably ish center, and, and uh, you know, just a depth defenseman to have in, to safeguard against injuries. I'm talking about a number seven that you could get for league minimum, uh, or maybe even less if you get some attention. So I think that's where we're looking at with this team right now. Any updates on Broberg? It's kind of vague. Uh, a couple of weeks is what we heard. Anything there? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty tough hit that he took. Uh, and he had, uh, it sounded like he was in quite a bit of pain. He's in Edmonton. He's getting rehab. Um, you know, last I put out on Twitter, I forget when that was, <laughs> last week, um, that he was still two or three weeks away. So say, uh, you know, conservatively, it's one to two. So I, I think we're, we're looking at past the deadline for him. But if they did want to or need to include him in any trade, it shouldn't discourage uh, you know that from happening, or any team from wanting to um, wanting to take him because he should be back relatively soon. Now, uh, you know, I've talked to Ken Holland, um, you know, and included in the story earlier this month. I mean, this is called Holland's guy, right? Like he's um, not inclined to want to trade to trade this guy. He still thinks very highly of this player as first draft pick as as well as general manager. Um, I think it would take a lot to uh, pry Broberg from the Oilers. And, um, um, you know, the worst case this year, he is your number seven defenseman, uh, who, a guy that can play both sides in a pinch. Uh, they're obviously using him or have been using him in Bakersfield on the left side where they want him to feel more comfortable there. Um, but if he does stay around, I, I think there's a real opportunity for him to get into the lineup as a regular next year. Um, and that would probably uh, involve moving on from Brett Kulak, who, uh, is a luxury item for this team. You know, he's a guy that you wouldn't want to get rid of at any any course, but at two seven five uh, for a number six defenseman who now is hardly killing penalties, um, that's a commodity that, uh, in terms of uh, the price tag, that is uh, one that you could probably do without and get Broberg in there for cheaper. So I, I do, if he is going to stay with this team, I do expect uh, him to have a role uh, permanently for for next season. So has Dylan moved? Nope. He's just chilling here. That's, so, his, that's his jam. <laughs> so your voice, unless you raise it or something like that, is like just pure joy to the the cat because the cat just loves it. Yeah, he and I are he and I go way back, so we're we're buddies. And uh, I guess uh, this one person that can tolerate my voice it's, it's him. So hopefully, Are- your, hopefully your listeners can too. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a great week. Uh, all right, you take care, Al. Thanks for thanks for the chat. All right, there you go, Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic. Great information there. I enjoyed that conversation. He's a good guy, great writer, as good a guy as he is. Fantastic writer. He is the uh, the biggest reason Edmonton Oilers fans should be subscribing to the Athletic. Um, so he said eight million. I say ten. I'm not going to back down on ten because I think the amount that uh, the cap is going to go up. But he made a great point about Dreisaitl and McDavid and the impact that they will have. I still say it's going to be Nurse or Bouchard, and I think that Bouchard might be in a little bit of danger here for trade. Well, who would you rather have? If you could have I would take way. Bouchard. Yeah. I'd probably take Bouch as well. But it's tough because you have to wait till 2027 to do it, right? Because yep. he's going to get paid, man, and he's going to deserve it. But the the... the it's the empty calories argument. And that's yeah. the argument you guys are making, and I totally get it. Um, but, and then the other side of it is, and this is going to sound awful, and I don't mean it to, and people are going to be mad, and i got to take a break. 
But once McDavid leads, then it, the, the no-trade clauses are going to mean nothing. Everybody's going to want out. It's going to be a jailbreak. And so the, whoever the new GM is, if it's you, Declan, I wish you well. Thank you. I appreciate that. I hope it's me. Right. Because I'm going to do some things just to spite everyone who doesn't like my arguments <laughs> when I'm on here. I'm going to go in there and oh, watch this. This time it's personal. Dot com. Our, our text line at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty is absolute fire. People are mad at all of us, all three of us, for a different reason. Here's one from Corey. Low tide. Did I miss something? Why did you say once McDavid leaves? Well, I said it because eventually Connor McDavid will either retire or he'll go to a new team. It's not. He is not. Um, he is not like he can leave the city limits anytime he wants. Mm. You know, he's contracted to play for the Oilers, but only for a couple of more seasons. That is an important distinction because people here leaves and think it is a foregone conclusion he's left in free agency or something right. like that. But yeah. there will come a day, as an Oiler or not, he will have to step away from the game of hockey. Sure. So. And it's probably 25 years from now based on his skating. Oh, I'd and say pe- it's a while, yep. And people are mad at you about Evan Bouchard. A little bit. Listen, I'm getting killed thinking I'm some anti-Evan Bouchard guy, and I'm sitting here saying I don't think it's outlandish to say I want one of my best defenders and one of my elite defenders on this team to play better defensively in spots. That's all I'm saying. And I don't think that's crazy. Can I tell you a quick story? Yes, sir. One time on my blog, I wrote that Ladislav Smead was a good young defenseman, but mm-hmm. they were they should send him to the minus because he was too young. It was his rookie season, and they were asking too much of him. From that point on, it became a meme, and it's still alive today. People will say, why do you hate Ladislav Smead, Lotite? So this is going to stick with me as well. Totally. Mm. People are going to say, why do you hate Evan Bouchard, Declan? And you're just going to have to roll your eyes and live with it. The only thing I will tell you is, the best thing about this is that people reacted. And when yeah. people react, that means they're listening. Declan, what are they mad at you? Or sorry, Donovan, what are they mad about you for? Uh, the Evan Bouchard stuff as well. Because okay. uh, you, you compared him to Victor Hedman? I compared that... him to Victor Hedman. Yeah. My, my argument is I don't dislike Evan Bouchard either. I think he's a very good offensive defenseman. But when I compare him to the truly elite defenseman, like a oh. Victor Hedman, um, you can insert whoever you want there. Right. Miro Heiskinen, any of those type of guys. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. The best. The best. I don't think he's that truly elite defenseman. I think he's an elite offensive defenseman, but I don't want to pay that much money for a guy who's elite at one thing. If I'm paying that much money for a defenseman, I want a guy who's elite at everything. So right now he's at a point per game that's 82 points. And then next year, let's say he gets 88 points. Now, we know the cap's going up. We know it's going up significantly. I think the orders are going to get themselves in a trap, and here's what it looks like. This summer, they're going to negotiate with Leon Dreisaitl. Next summer, they're going to negotiate with Connor McDavid. By the time Bouchard is an RFA, I think they'll have decided about Leon. And they'll have to make the decision about Bouchard based on McDavid's contract. And unless McDavid's going to take a hometown discount, I think it will dictate one of two things. They may try to trade Darnell Nurse or one of the older players, Kane, one of those guys. Maybe you end up doing that. But it, this is a, this is a runaway train of cap and and 
as much as I defended Ken Holland today, some of these older players are signed well under their 30s, and that's going to bite them in the ass, boys. And I think Evan Bouchard is going to be the touch point. And this is when we get a lot of texts in about Colton Pareko, and this is why I'm not sold on Colton Pareko, because if you're going to have to pay Evan Bouchard, which I think they'll willingly do. And then, you know, in this situation, like I, you guys have talked about Nurse being shipped out to, mm. to keep Bouch and to make the money work. Right. If you don't, you're going to have Bouch, Nurse, and Colton Pareko, who's getting 6.5 for another <laughs> seven years. That's like $27 million tied up. Right. Yeah, tied up on your blue line there. Then on top of the 30, you're going to be paying Connor and Leon if all things go according to plan. So that's why I don't love the Colton Pareko trade. But no, I think, I think you make some good points on. On the base of your argument. Hey, Low Tide, why do you keep saying McDavid is leaving? Do you know something insiders don't? Actually, uh, what I said was, you know, when McDavid leaves, it'll be a jailbreak because eventually he'll retire, right? Or he may decide not to sign here. The, all indications are that he's going to sign, and I believe that he will. However, you know, tie, let's say Bouchard signs an eight-year deal and McDavid signs... There's no guarantee he's going to sign eight years. Let's say McDavid signs on the same day a four-year extension. So at the end of the four years, let's say McDavid, you know, goes elsewhere. I think that whoever is signed long-term that is in their peak of their career is going to be open to a trade. And I don't think that's a, a revolutionary or a, a, a trolling kind of comment. That's dealing in reality. So, Low Tide, you're saying if they don't win this year or next, they're cooked, done, finished. No, I didn't say that at all. Bush is completely different. Okay. Love his offense, hate his defense. Too weak to move a man off the puck. This is, you know, the, the, I, I, because I'm old, but I do have a good memory. It's a lot of what people didn't like about Paul Coffey. And Coffey went away and they got a lot for him and they won Stanley's and Coffey won Stanley's elsewhere. But I, I think that in the case of Evan Bouchard, um, I, I, I'm not saying the die is cast, but I think the new general manager is going to have a really hard time paying him what the market value will require and keeping him here. LT, what's your guess for Leon's next contract? Did Nylander set the bar? I'm not sure about Leon because I don't know how long he'll want to sign for He's the one outlier that I wonder about. Four at 13.5 is my prediction. I think it will be shorter. Yep. And we'll see. I mean, I... And I think 13.5 will be a bit of a discount, naturally, but still. The thing I always worry about, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, Mike Liute crushed the Oilers in the last negotiation. No reason to believe he won't do it again. That's going to be a tough one. If you had to put a number on it, though, and a term on, on, on it. On Leon? Yep. 15. Yep. Contracts are going up. Oh, yeah. The new, oh, sure. the new cap is going to change everything. And and I think that, that again, Be- all of this could change if they all decide to take a discount. Like, McDavid has spent eight years trying to win a Stanley Cup. One of the reasons that it's tough is because they're so top-heavy. Yes. Well, that's why I think Leon's going to take that discount. I think he's going to be the guy to kind of sit back and say, I'll take a bit of a discount here. And then when that ends, when McDavid ends, I think he'll really get paid. Jamie McLennan said something that blew me away um, on whatever the TSN afternoon show is. Overdrive? Yeah. Um, He said, well, you know, somebody said, well, if McDavid doesn't win this year, it's going to be a problem. And he said, well, maybe if McDavid wins this year, that will free him to go elsewhere. They've won together. 
and nobody can ever say they didn't win together. And I thought, like, it blew my mind because I hadn't, it did not occur to me that maybe that is it. You know, maybe it's like I have to stay because I, we haven't won yet. It's a fair point to think about. I do think he wants to be here and wants to win. Every here. indication is yeah. that he like, wants I, to. Like, I don't think he would win and then jump ship. I do think it has a degree of merit, though. Like, he'll have achieved what he set out to achieve. There's been a lot of talk that him and, you know, Dry haven't won together, haven't won anything. If they do it, the monkey's off the back, right? You're free to do what you want. I don't think he'll do it, but I think there might be a degree of merit, like I said. You're a made man, you know. Exactly. And and so you have that Stanley. You didn't fail anywhere. Um, Your legacy's set. Right. And You've done it. And you, like, anybody who has followed the order since 2015 knows that when they win the Stanley Cup, and I believe they will... When they win the Stanley Cup, that was a that was Everest that they climbed. That was not an easy gig yep. because I think ownership put a lot of pressure on Peter Shirelli. He he blew a hole clean through the 2015 draft. They had so many picks they could have lived on that forever, and he didn't do it. He made trades for Eric Griba and Griffin Reinhardt and Ken Talbot, who really worked out well. Um, yeah. So I think we demolished this show. Uh, of all the shows we've done as a th- trio, I think this one got the most reaction. We've made everybody mad. It was definitely the most mad I ever got. Well, I, you know what? I, I, I am, I'm so impressed that you, like, you threw everything in the studio to the ground, except the one thing that you didn't touch was the clock that falls on the ground every 11 minutes. Like the one over here. It's a digital. Oh, yeah. But you stayed away from that. You ripped stuff off the wall. I was kicking a lot. I, I looked at Donovan in a way like a bull looks at a matador. That I older, was terrified. Yeah. That older gentleman that you opened the door and then threw over the balcony, do you think he's okay? Well, he landed on a trampoline. I saw him bounce back okay. up, so I think he's all right. All right. Well, yeah. so we know now not to really piss him off because he's got anger. It's like know. the Hulk. Well, a little bit. I did see a little bit of green there, you know. I saw it in his eyes. <laughs> Like just the the sheer. Did you like, ever I'm kill you in his eyes? Did you ever get out of control angry in the boxing ring? No, you can't. You have to be composed in there because as soon as you get out of control and angry, you're not fighting smart. And as soon as you're not fighting smart, you're a guy who knows what he's doing is going to hurt you're, you real bad. You're on the mat. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm also I don't, I'm not really an angry guy. I don't get mad. What about in the the swimming pool? Did you did you ever get angry? Uh, I got pretty kicked sideways or. Well, I, I'll say that uh, like my swimming coach was the worst coach I've ever had in anything. So I would get mad at him quite Mr. frequently. Mister Andrews. No, his name was Colin Beatty. Oh um, wow! Yeah. I love how you just say the names out loud. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than fine to out him on that one, and uh, I got <laughs> mad at him pretty frequently. So, what are you gonna do? I love this show. Okay. Thanks so much for tuning in. Jason Greger is on the way next. I'm sure there'll be a trade right after we go off the air. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy your day. It's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. This Sports 1440 update is brought to you by Snow Valley Speed Club. All runs and lifts are open and ready for family fun seven days a week. Visit snowvalley.ca for details. On the ice, it's a busy night in the NHL with 12 games on the slate. The Leafs are taking on the Golden Knights. The Habs battle the Coyotes. The Flames are at home hosting the Kings. The Canucks battle the Penguins. The Blues clash with Winnipeg. And the Stars are in Colorado to take on the Avalanche. In the dub, there's two games on. The Pats play Seattle and Red Deer plays Saskatoon. 
in the AJ. There's only one game on. Calgary is taking on Canmore. In the PWHL, Toronto plays Minnesota. There's 11 games on in the association. Tonight, the Warriors play the Wizards. The Mavs play the Cavs. The Nets battle with the Magic. The Sixers clash with the Celtics. The Spurs are in Minnesota. And the Heat play the Trailblazers. In spring training action, the Jays were defeated 6-4 by the Detroit Tigers. The New York Yankees were edged out by the Tampa Bay Rays. The Los Angeles Angels are currently up 4-2 on the Brewers. The Texas Rangers are currently up 4-2 on the Arizona Diamondbacks in the bottom of the second. And the Washington Nationals won 10-3 over the Houston Astros. Coming up on Sports 1440, it's the Jason Greger Show. I'm Donovan Paulson, and that was your Sports 1440 update.